Welcome to the next episode of the Austin Bar Association's Council of Firsts. I'm your host, Amanda Arriaga, First Latina Bar President. This podcast is made possible by the Texas Bar Foundation. In today's episode, we talked to my friend, Sierra Parks. She's a graduate of the University of Dayton and the Thomas M. Cooley Law School. She's the first female and first African-American general counsel of the Texas Board of Law Examiners. Before that, she was a felony prosecutor in Texas and Ohio for many years. She is the immediate past president of the Austin Black Lawyers Association, just ended her term as secretary of the Austin Young Lawyers Association, and was recently elected to the board of the Austin Bar Association. Last year, she was also named one of 40 under 40 by the Austin Black Business Journal. I'm so happy to have with us today my friend, Sierra Parks. Thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. We've been working on scheduling this for a long time. Yes. I know that our audience is going to love you and this discussion. <laughs> and in case they don't know this about you, you are not a native Texan. You came from Ohio. I did. So well, how did you get here? And why? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I like to say, even though I wasn't born here in Texas, Texas feels like home. My mom is originally from Waco, so I still have a lot of family in Waco, aunts, uncles, cousins. Um, but my uncle was in the military, and so he moved to San Diego when he was just starting out, maybe doing his basic training. And so my mom, my grandmother, and a couple of my uncles and my aunt, one of my aunts moved to San Diego, and so I was born there. Uh, spent most of my life there, and then we moved to Ohio. And so in Ohio, I went to high school, went to college, and um, worked there for my first job at the Montgomery County Prosecutor's Office. And my husband and I were like, we have spent a lot of time being cold. He's from Wisconsin, <laughs> and so we're like, let's go where we have some family, where we have some more opportunities, and Austin became our new home. Austin and not Waco? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like being in the center, though, because it's only 90 minutes to get to Waco or 90 minutes to get to San Antonio. So we have family all over the state. So I feel like Austin is a pretty central location for us to be able to get to everyone. So you were a business major in college? Yes. Why did you decide you wanted to go to law school and be a lawyer? Business didn't. It was fun at first, but it wasn't really challenging. Um, I finished my business years. And then after that, I was faced with, what do I do next? Do I go to grad school? What's next for me? And it didn't really appeal to me what <laughs> was ahead of me in, in terms of the business part of my career. And so um, I think deep down, I always wanted to be a lawyer, but it just didn't come out in a way that was like really at the forefront for me. Like, oh, I want to be a lawyer. It was just who I was in, in the person that I had grown to be. So I was like, oh, yeah, of course, let's go to law school. Um, but it wasn't easy for me to go to law school. I actually applied to all the law schools in Ohio and did not get accepted, even at the University of Dayton, my alma mater, and I was very, very sad. Um, so I actually had applied to Thomas Cooley. One of the professors from the University of Dayton School of Law told me about it. And then I totally forgot that I applied. And then one day I got an admission letter in the mail that said you're accepted to law school. And I was like, wow, this is great. And so you have a very sweet disposition, demeanor, and face. And then you became a felony prosecutor. So why did you choose that path? Because that doesn't seem to jive with your whole energy and aura. I know that's funny. Everyone <laughs> says that. And I think that... Um, Ultimately, through my career, I think that's what kept people on their toes because they would always underestimate me. But 
honestly, like when I went to law school, I always had a heart for public service. I always wanted to be a prosecutor. As soon as I stepped foot at law school, I wanted to be a prosecutor. And another funny story, I wanted, so I wanted to be a prosecutor so bad. And I applied to the Montgomery County Prosecutor's Office so many times. And I just kept being persistent and finally got an internship there and a job there. But um, I don't know. I think that, I, I, I don't know. I just would describe myself as like sweet and spicy. <laughs> because if there are things that like really get me on fire, then that tenacity will come out, um, you know, especially, and it's not hard when you're dealing with cases involving, you know, child sex assault and rape of, from parents or robberies or murders. Um, there's no place for that for me in the world. And so people needed to be held accountable and, you know, I would be nice and cordial and professional, but this is wrong and you need to be held accountable by the state. So I enjoyed my time being a prosecutor. I learned a lot and was able to help a lot of people. And now in the recent years, you did a pivot. And instead of being a prosecutor, you're now helping to lead an agency that has one of the worst tests in the world with the board of law examiners. <laughs> so how did you make that pivot to being a prosecutor to wanting to be general counsel of the board of law examiners? Well, you know, so like I said, I always wanted to be a prosecutor and I spent over 12 years being a prosecutor in Ohio and in Texas. And I was in every division that there was. The grand jury, I presented cases to the grand jury. Um, I spent a lot of time working in the juvenile court and with child protection um, cases and, and dealing with parental rights and termination and custody. and spent a lot of time doing felony cases, you know, that were very serious. And so um, I got a lot of trial experience. And then I started to have a family. And I realized that it was just a lot to manage with my kiddos and my husband and trying to find a good work life balance. Um, so once I felt that, you know, I had given my my all and my best contribution to being a prosecutor, I said, well, what else can I do? You know, what other skills can I take from the skills that I have as a prosecutor? Because honestly, if you can be a prosecutor, you can do anything. <laughs> Thinking on your feet, being in trial all the time, um, having to have a game face on when you're getting a verdict from a jury, um, and just the volume of cases. I remember when I first started at Travis County, I had like over 400 cases, and I was like, oh, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> at one time. Um, so I wanted to take the skills that I had learned and, and apply it to something else. So as a, the secretary for the Austin Black Lawyers Association, I saw the posting for the general counsel position come across my desk to give out to the members. And I said, hey, I should try this because the first part of it said we prosecute um, character and fitness cases before the board. And I was like, I was a prosecutor. I can, I can prosecute character and fitness. And so I applied and got an interview and got the job. So I said in the intro that you are the first female general counsel, the first African-American general counsel. Do you think that any of that was intentional to help get you there or that the agency was trying to be um, more diverse and diversify internally? Oh, yes, of course. Um, 
it's really an honor to work there because, you know, the board itself is made up of nine lawyers that are appointed by the Supreme Court. And so being able to work with some of the most brilliant minds in this state has been an honor. Um, in addition to that, the staff led by our executive director is very intentional. You know, a lot of people <laughs> give us a lot of flack, you know, for having an exam that's hard and challenging. But, you know, what we keep in our minds um, based on our rules and just the, the aura that we have, you know, in our agency is that we want to, to protect our profession. You know, we're the first gatekeeper because sometimes people get us confused. You know, you have the state bar after us, you have BOTA, um, but we're kind of on the front lines to um, investigate everybody that's coming in trying to be a lawyer. And, you know, Texas is a great state. We have one of the best uh, state bars in the country. And so we really take pride in um, investigating all the applicants and making sure that they are going to be a good fit for our profession here in Texas. So um, it's exciting. You know, I love working with my, my coworkers. We're a really small agency. In addition to, you know, people don't think about, you know, we just, we, we give the exam, but we really give the exam like hands-on. We order the materials. We take the materials. We're supervising the exam, making sure that applicants, that after they have studied and given their all, you know, we, we understand this is a high stakes um, time for them. You know, people take off work or people are still working. They have families or they're young. You know, they're trying to get their career off the ground. And we really work hard to make sure everyone has a great testing experience. They're able to come in, take their test and and uh, give it their all and, and give it a, their best shot so that they can pass and become lawyers and join us in this profession. Are you one of the graders as well? No, we don't grade. So the, the, um, the board members grade and they have graders that grade the exam. So when I took the bar exam, Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man had just come out and there was an essay about, you know, what would you say to a jury? And I got nervous because all I could think of was with great power comes great responsibility. So yes. I quoted because I thought if we're talking to a jury, I wrote on the exam, <laughs> as Uncle Ben said to Peter Parker, <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. And I thought, because if not, they're going to say I plagiarized and then I'm going to fail. Um, and it's not until years later that I found out that Gandhi said it first. So <laughs> we take those tests seriously. <laughs> we really We do. take those tests very seriously. We really do. And I thank Spider-Man for my becoming a lawyer. <laughs> So, Sierra, you were president of the Austin Black Lawyers Association for multiple terms. Yes, I was. Um, I had a great two-year term as president, um, but I also served as vice president. I served as secretary. Um, so it was a great, great time to learn Austin because when I first joined, um, I was at the DA's office and I didn't know anyone. So it was great to be able to have instant friends, instant mentors, um, meet other people around town that I might not have run into just being in the criminal courthouse. Are there any projects that ABLA has that are very specifically impactful for you? This past year, um, we talked a lot about reconnecting and reengaging with the community and with our members. Um, you know, post-COVID, People were out, you know, that first year after COVID, people were 
wanting to come out, but we're just trying to figure things out. But then, you know, the second year after COVID, it was more challenging because people were accustomed to being on Zoom, which is great, but it's like we need that in-person connection with one another. And so that was really one of my main focuses for the second year. And um, it was great because we had a lot of community partners that we um, had done programs with. We did community service with the African-American Youth Harvest Foundation. Um, We were able to connect with the Austin Black real estate professionals. Um, We did a lot. We did a lot in the community with other groups. Oh, we had a holiday party with the Austin Black Physicians Association. So just trying to get some of our connections back um, with our partner organizations, as well as our members. So just trying to provide a variety of different activities that would appeal to different parts in the membership. One of our favorite events is the Andrea Pear Bryant Legacy Luncheon. And that luncheon gets everyone out. We had, I can't even say we had standing room because there was no room. Uh, People just kept coming and kept coming. And we really appreciate that support for our organization and just being able to see Um, people come out. My first year, I was very interested in talking with members of the judiciary that were African American. And so we did a journey to the bench and we had different speakers um, from the district court, the the county court, the justice of the peace. Um, So we just kind of talked about all of our different judges journey to the bench and how they got there and what advice that we could give other members to think about serving on the bench here in Travis County. Is there a way that our listeners can join or donate to ABLA? Yes, ABLA is open to everyone. If you go to our website, it's austinblacklawyers.com. And right on the homepage, there's a join button. So if you click on join, it will direct you to join it, which is our membership platform. And you can sign up and you can also donate to our Um, scholarship foundation. We have two scholarships that we have for um, graduating high school students to go to college, not just law school, but to go to college. And we provide scholarships every year. We'll put that information in the podcast notes so that folks who are listening can click right on it and donate and join. Awesome. Thank you. Sure. So you have held this major leadership position for two years in a row, and some people might want to break but not you. (laughs) You were doing this concurrent path with AYLA and now with the Austin Bar. Why did you want to come and join and serve in the Austin Bar as well? Well, let me back up and just talk about AYLA for a minute. So, and even before that, so in addition to being part of the Austin Black Lawyers, I also became a member of the Austin Bar. Um, I'm so happy to have Hilger's house, but I remember when I came, we were in the in uh, the building on Congress, and I loved coming to all the CLEs at lunchtime and having lunch and meeting other people and hearing different topics about other practice areas. So that was another important aspect for me to get involved in the community, um, the legal community here in Austin. And so with the um, pushing of my one of my good friends, Justice Shari Kelly, I joined the Austin Young Lawyers and the Austin Bars Leadership Academy. And I had a great time in there, Um, met a lot of friends doing a class project. Our class project was the Pie Fest that we had. We were the first event at Hilger's house right across the street. It was a very fun, family-friendly event with chili and pie and pie in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so from there, um, I joined the Austin Young Lawyers on the board and then 
stayed involved with the Austin Bar. But one of the things that I noticed when I was in AYLA and then even on the board for the Austin Bar was that there weren't a lot of people that looked like me. And so it was very important for me to keep that seat at the table. And so when I was in AYLA, um, I was the only African-American on the board at that time. And we could all we also had um, representatives from other organizations. And so I encouraged someone else from Austin Black Lawyers to be to have that seat. So then once I left, someone else was able to be on the board, another person that was African-American. And then the same for the Austin Bar. You know, I realized that I was aging out of Austin Young Lawyers, which was very sad. Um, I had a great time working with Debbie and all of the directors and the board. And I said, again, you know, there's there's no one that looks like me that's running for the Austin Bar Association. And it's important for us to to be involved and to let our voices be heard. Well, I'm so glad that you have done that. I hope that you stay on this path um, in leadership, because one of the things that you and I have talked about is we are different, not just because we're minorities, but because our practice area is different as well. Yes. And running departments, having employees, that's not necessarily um, what a prosecutor does or what a civil litigator does. Mm -hmm. So even just this concept we have talked about, you know, I wish there was a general counsel section because yeah. as general counsel, they just ask you questions about all the things. All the things. And so, we, and we might not be trained on all the things, but We're not. we will research those things. And so it's good to have that diversity of perspective as well, because yes. we can get really focused on, well, we only need to do events that include civil judges because we practice in front of them and we love them. And we do, but we also need events that feature criminal yes. and state agencies and people that work on the Capitol because we have a large variety of lawyers. So I'm glad that you are bringing all of your talents and all of that diversity of thought and perspective to the Austin Bar. And I hope you don't leave until you're in charge. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> Besides bar associations, what are other organizations that have been important to you personally or professionally? Oh, my. There's, there's lots. Um, like I said, when I first started my career, I started working with um, youth, you know, in juvenile court and child protective service cases. Child protection was in Ohio. Um, children's job and family services. Um, different youth organizations in the criminal area. But what was important to me is finding ways to help youth outside of that. You know, how can we help families and kids before things happen or provide resources for them? So um, I've been heavily involved in lots of different things. Um, Junior League, we did a lot with infant toddler safety, helping kids um, with helmets and bikes and one of my favorite things that I did was helping young mothers to get car seats for their kids. That was probably one of my favorite things. Um, and then here in Texas, I actually work with youth and families all over the state for the Texas Youth Department of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. We have a program called Adventures, and so I lead co-lead the area here in Central Texas, and we provide kind of, it's the Christian um, Girl Scouting, Boy Scouting with families. So kids get together twice a month, and they do different activities, and then we go on camping trips. We do lots of different things to help reinforce the family unit and to keep um, families having fun and having positive experiences so that we don't end up 
you know, on the criminal side or the delinquent side of things. So that's one of my favorite things to do here in Texas that I do in the spare time that I have. And I love it because I do that with my family. We're teaching our kids, my husband and I, um, to be volunteers, to give back. And so when we go out to do these camping campouts, we have like over 800 kids and families. And it's like my kids and my family leading out in that effort. So that's, that's always wonderful. And then, like I mentioned before, also uh, give a big plug for the African-American Youth Harvest Foundation here in, Tex in Austin, which is run by Mr. and Mrs. Lofton. And they are trying to provide um, lots of different uh, resources and mentoring and cyber um, training to our youth in the African-American and Latino communities. And so I'm really proud to be a part of that as well. Well, great. And if you would like, we can put links to any of these other organizations in the notes as well so yeah. that folks can learn more about them. Yeah, that would be great. Good. What advice would you give to attorneys in Austin that want to get involved but don't know how? Oh, wow. There's so many ways. The first thing I would say is to join the Austin Bar. The Austin Bar is going to link you up with everything that you need. There are sections and Amanda, I know you and I talked about this before, too, like, OK, what what is our section now as general counsels? Um, but you're right. You know, we we probably do need a, a general counsel section or but we have the administrative law section. So we, we made sure to link up with them. Um, but definitely joining the Austin Bar, joining a section, um, joining Austin Young Lawyers. Um, if you identify or maybe not identify with a minority group, join one of those organizations, because. Um, there's a lot of different activities that they have, um, and as well as connections and just building that network of friends, because now it's so fun. Like, I was so nervous when I first went to an event, and I'm like, you know, it's always scary to go out and meet people, but now everywhere I go, there's at least one or two people that I know that I can say hello, sit next to um, at a conference or at an event, and that wouldn't happen if I didn't get involved. So don't be afraid. Just get out there. Take a friend, too. Um, that always makes it easier. And even if you don't have any friends, you can go out and make one. Yeah, because eventually you'll become like us where we end up as meeting buddies because we happen to be at the same events. And then we start texting and saying, are you going to the lunch? Yes. Will you save me a seat at the lunch? <laughs> exactly. Even if it's a lunch with a speaker that we may or may not agree with. We still, it's still more fun to sit together and do that. It sure is. It's better to be with somebody than by yourself. Yeah. So you have had already, even though you're now not quite a young lawyer, um, a very impressive career. What's next for you? You know, I am keeping my mind open. I am getting out in the community and meeting more people. Um, and like I said a moment ago, that representation really matters. So whether it is, you know, um, getting involved with public service, um, serving in the judiciary or as an associate judiciary member, um, I think it's really important to have diverse representation here in Travis County in everything that we do. And so I will just, you know, even though it's hard, push through and stand on the shoulders of those who have come before me and have done those hard things. Um, because it's always better that people look out and they're able to see someone that looks like them than not. And, you know, that's part of the point of this podcast is we have very, we have representation 
in different levels of government and the judiciary, but then sometimes we forget because that happened a while back. Um, it happens that the city of Austin, our municipal court, has great diversity and is the one that got us our first Latino judge, our first Asian American judge, our first Indian American judge. Yeah. And then sometimes we forget those stories. Mm -hmm. So I think this is what you are interested in doing is important the same way it's important to keep celebrating who opened those doors to begin with. Exactly. We, I'm so proud of you for doing this. Like, I, I don't want to tear up because I'm, I'm always uh, easy to cry, but I just really commend you for doing this um, because we shouldn't forget, you know, we should continue to remember those that have paved the way for us, but then also to not only get to where we might want to be, um, to be successful, but to also reach back and give back to others. You know, it's very important to make friends, um, to make, to be a good mentor, to tell others about our journey and help them along um, so that we're not, you know, at the top or where we are by ourselves. You know, it's always better to have, to look back and say, you know, I was able to help this person or that person get to where I am today. Is there anything else that you'd like to say to our audience before we end? Lots of things. Um, really just, like I said, just um, get involved, stay involved, and help other people to be involved as well. You know, it, we can't do everything ourselves, and we won't always have the time. But if we're always mentoring others and bringing others alongside of us, there will always be someone else that will stand up and um and take over. So I'm so proud of all the new leaders that are coming on for AYLA, for the Austin Black Lawyers Association. I'm so proud of the work that they're going to do, and I can't wait for the next event. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Um, this has been wonderful. This is why I kept bothering you for so long <laughs> to get this scheduled, because I thought this was an important discussion that you and I needed to have. Um, and it was wonderful. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to all of you. We'll see you next time.